I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David. This is your new episode of Base Layer. I have Arthur Saitrov, the CEO and co-founder of Sounding Spaces with me today. How are you, Arthur? Hey, David. Thank you for having me. I'm very well. Awesome. And so we're having a whole host of conversations about NFTs, about the metaverse, about things that are happening besides DeFi and everything that's happening out there on the Ethereum side. This is a whole world that has been working towards the last few years. You have founders like Arthur and others out there that have been building um, and they've been building while everything else has been happening. And now we have some really amazing platforms that have evolved. And so there's a whole interesting world, as I said, about this NFT space and metaverse. It's another uh, terminology that is being used a lot. And as we're talking right now, um, I know we're not usually doing audio uh, plus, you know, the kind of the way that you're hearing me right now in visuals. Um, but what I'm looking at right now, and it's really cool, is Artur is showing me his VR world that they have created. And it is very, very cool. Um, and uh, it's something that I'm definitely going to have to play with after the fact. But Arthur, <laughs> if you could, before we get too far into everything that you've built in all of this world um, mm-hmm. in NFTs and the metaverse, you know, what we'd like to do is go a little bit into your background, uh, how you came to this world and obviously this new world. Um, you were an energy trader before, and then right. you have come into being a founder of one of the more talked about uh, kind of VR, NFT combinations out there. So mm-hmm. roll the tape back a little bit and tell us how this all came about. Right, absolutely. Um, so it sounds crazy, but it actually it's not. There, 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 is, a, there is a clear path to that. Um, so I've been, I've been a gamer and I've been uh, participating in virtual world since 1999. My first, uh, my first uh, kind of deep dive into virtual worlds uh, was Ultima Online, um, and you know since then I, I was hooked in, uh, in 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 being there. And also, right after Ultima came Second Life, um, and I was doing like you know I was a DJ there. I've uh, I've been DJing for you know parties like uh, 200, 300 people. Um, it was a lot of fun. So there's nothing new for me to be, you know, engaged in virtual worlds and massive multiplayer uh, virtual worlds. And um, yeah, indeed, I, I was an energy trader, um, electricity trader, because I studied in uh, Prague investment banking. Um, and actually, um, you know, while being a gamer, I've, I always wanted to be a, um, a trader. Um, so I've traded starting from my like I don't know 16 years old, 17 years old. I've, I've traded stocks, options, um, all kind of stuff uh, you can imagine. Um, 
you know, even on my parents' behalf of the, you know, on per, uh, behalf of their parents, because I was not too uh, old enough to actually trade <laughs> on my own behalf. Um, right. And um, yeah, and then and then um, I've uh, when I finished my university and MBA, I've I've started to search for uh, for a job, and then electricity trading came in, and it was super interesting because it's a combination of you know, kind of like physical goods, let's say, um, um, and, and, and trading, um, and it combined all the interesting stuff together. So um, I basically started to work as an electricity trader, and then I got headhunted to Germany uh, from Prague uh, by another company. And uh, while working there at that big uh, corporation, they ran an interesting uh, program where um, everybody were able to um, to kind of present if they had an an, uh, an innovative idea they were able to present that idea to the management board um, and then kind of like shark tank you know uh, mm-hmm. and if you had like 15 minutes to present the idea they had 15 minutes to ask the questions and if they liked the uh, um, your presentation and your idea you get a budget and you can build that startup um, and I did that. And be- why did I did that? Because already while being a trader, I was always passionate about, you know, starting a business. I've participated in some startup weekends um, in Europe. Um, so, you know, I got into the startup scene a little bit. I was looking around. Um, so and I had an idea about some uh, innovative charging stations for electric cars. Um, that's what I presented to, uh, to the board. They loved the idea. Um, so I got a green light. Um, and I quit my job as a trader, and I started to do the startup. I actually, you know, created the startup. I've created the physical product of the charging station from the ground up. We had patents, we had production. I've set up everything. Then I sold that startup to um, to that company. And while also doing the startup, I first time tried um, the modern, let's say, let's call it modern VR mm-hmm. um, in two thousand. I think end of two thousand sixteen. Or beginning to 17, I've tried the uh, the early versions of HTC Vive, and that blew my mind. Like, of course, I read all the books, all the science fictions, and then I realized that, oh my God, it's actually possible already with today's technology. Yes, it's expensive. At, at that time, nobody knew what VR is, right? right. Um, and it was expensive, and uh, but it it was clear to me that that will become a norm within the next five seven years. I really had this epiphany at that moment. I said, oh my God, actually everything I dreamed about. Uh, that I want to be on the other side of the monitor of all those games, I can suddenly be, you know, I can suddenly make this, I can suddenly actually uh, create this. So I've started to think about it and and then I was thinking more and more and, you know, this kind of like one thought comes in your mind, you cannot sleep and you, you think about it. And then mm-hmm. in the end of the day, I just decided, you know what, um, there is no better time to start a VR company um, and build my dream than at that time. And right. that's why, that's how Somnium was created. Talk to us. You just gave us a lot there. First and foremost, Prague is probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. So 100%. Uh, I'm jealous of that. Um, <laughs> and usually we were refrained uh, about doing this till the end of the show, but you were a DJ. So what type of music? Oh, everything. So I've, uh, while playing Ultima Online, um, we've created with some, with some of our uh, guild members, because they were guilds, right? Uh, we've created our own internet radio at that time. Um, you know, home-based internet radio, mm-hmm. made some service and stuff like that. And we were playing for, uh, for a group of people uh, from that Ultima Online server. But right. suddenly it grew pretty fast. And, you know, we had like in peak, uh, in peak days, we had maybe 
300, 400, 500 people listening to us um, okay. at the same time. Um, right. So we had like prime times and stuff and we, we, ha- we were having a lot of fun. And then when I discovered Second Life, there were a lot of clubs um, in, in, in Second Life, right? So I just came in, I was wandering around and then I've met some people and those people told me that they are DJs. They were playing at some clubs. They, then I told them I'm DJ as well. So they said, okay, can you jump in? Um, so I started to play in a Prague uh, city. Um, I, I recall um, that was the biggest part, but then also in some Russian cities and stuff like that. The music, all of it, like, you know, classical pop, because many people were coming in right. uh, asking for a song. So I, I was I was putting that song online on air mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, everything from dance to a normal, you know, slow songs and stuff. The reason I ask is because while, as I said, I'm looking at, at Artur's space right now in his virtual world, his metaverse, some of the things that have happened over the last year or two have been very fascinating with the world of Fortnite and some of these other games where you've had virtual conference, uh, concerts. You've had you know people, oh, wow. DJs like Marshmallow, who you know were one of the first out there to host hundreds and thousands of people listening to you know a a dj set um i'll show you and- something in the end um and i think you'll uh, uh you'll like it we had a concert here as well a yep. very exclusive concert and um yeah i'll tell you more about that later because that's for those that are listening this is massive because obviously in the world that we're living in right now where we can't necessarily do that uh in in, in the real world this is becoming a way to actually still have that as a part of our social fabric and uh, be able to participate in those types of things yep, so really absolutely. interesting so let's get into what Somnian Space is as you are walking around in your world right now. If you had to, to someone who is just learning about this world that is learning about you know, digital assets, it's learning about Bitcoin, that's learning about Ethereum, take a step back. And if someone who had no idea what you know this metaverse was or what you had built, how would you describe it to someone who was just trying to learn? Um, you know, it's actually pretty simple. It's like, imagine a parallel reality, a world where you can be anything you like, you can do anything you want, um, and you are fully immersed in it. So basically, your brain believes that you are inside that world. Mm. That is what virtual reality brings, and that is what Somnium Space is. It's a virtual reality persistent world where people meet people, people build, create, trade, um, and exist inside one huge space, you know, inside that. So. This is Somnium Space. Um, we are a virtual reality company first. Um, we, you know, you can have a headset, dive in, and have a lot of fun. And you can choose what what kind of fun you'll have. You, you, there's no purpose. There's no, you know, there's no end goal. You exist here. You mm-hmm. build, you, you communicate, you socialize, you exist inside that virtual world. And that's awesome. And so let's talk about the intersection of you know, the virtual world with blockchains and digital assets. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so that's, uh, when founding Somnium, I knew a few things right away, Um, kind of like several pillars, which which were important. Because again, I've I've been there from 1999, so I knew how the economists work, right? I've been participating in the economists, but I knew also the shortcomings of those economists. And I knew that if we want to build, you know, if I want to have Somnium to exist here for the next 100 years, which I hope it will, Mm-hmm. Um, the economy um, will have to be decentralized. And not only that in the future, but mainly the economy will have to be decentralized. People will have to have 
um, an ability um, to do with their own belongings whatever they want. And they should not be um, afraid to risk and lose um, everything if something happens with you know with the management of the company or if something happens with their account. They have to have their assets kind of separated from Somnium Space as an entity. And we right. knew it from the very beginning. Now, at that time, when we were creating the Somnium version one, we, you know, it was this 2017 ICO hype, and we didn't like the whole sentiment of the market. Uh, we didn't like where it was going. And also, um, you know, the smart contract, they were not that mature. They were just popping up, um, and, and, and some, some uh, let's say, proof of uh, concepts were popping up. So we were waiting. We didn't introduce the economy at the, back then. And then, of course, uh, in 2019, when, uh, uh, when NFTs uh, became robust, uh, we said, okay, now it's the time to completely move all the ownership, all the items in the whole economy of Somnium into, um, uh, into, into the blockchain and then right. onto the blockchain and give people that ability. So that's exactly what we did okay. last year. So a big part of that is something called cubes. That's effectively a native digital asset that uh, works within the Somnium space. Correct? Uh, correct. It's um, it's you know it's one of the pillars. Um, it, it is something which will accelerate and enable much uh, faster development and much easier transactions inside the world. So it will be primary. Um, you know, payment method inside inside the world. So if you'll be exchanging some goods and services, that's what we'll, you will be using primarily to uh, to trade in something. But we are a virtual reality platform. We ideally, uh, we want to be, you know, blockchain agnostic in terms of, you know, we want to allow as many currencies to converge here as, as possible. Okay. So whether you want to trade in ETH or in cubes or in, you know, USDD, whatever that will be, you should be able to do that. Of course, if you'll be doing it in cubes, you will always get a better price, better speeds, you know, better rewards. But in general, we want to be open to anything and people should be able to exist here in this in this metaverse, in this universe uh, with any currency, uh, blockchain currency they want. That's our uh, idea. So talk to us about, because as you're walking through, there's art that you're walking towards. There is all these things that are happening right now as you're about to click on something, Ethereum TV. Um, talk to us about the, you know, if I'm going on there and mm -hmm. let's say that I'm an artist or I'm a creator, yeah. talk to us about the experience. You know, do you need to have cubes to be able to do that? How does this actually work? So if someone out there who's listening right now, yeah. and again, a lot of the people who listen to my show are institutional investors and also, you know, mm -hmm. family offices that have had, years and years of collecting art physical art this mm -hmm. is very interesting because this is all digital and this is in a way you know that has been created there is some scarcity to that you know there's ways that have yes. been created to have some scarcity to that so talk to us about if from both sides one i'm a creator i'm listening to this i want to come in and i want to start creating some digital art to be able to sell or to be able to show to other people as an exhibit mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. talk to us as someone who is an investor who loves art, uh, who might want to start participating in this new marketplace. Absolutely. So, first of all, I think the most important part, and um, you know, it's hard to realize for our listeners, but for those who will be watching it uh, or trying it later, it's 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 crucial to understand that you know, 
for the digital art especially, when you are able to consume this digital art, and by consume I mean watch it, you know, discuss it with other people, socially watch that art. In a VR space, it has a completely different meaning, feeling, and attachment to you as if you would just be looking at it uh, on the website. So this is number one. It's hard to explain, but once you see it and once you try it, like this piece from Money Alota, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from a lot of money. Like when I look at it on the website, it's fun, it's great. But when I see it, you know, in this huge uh, space here on that wall, right. this is amazing, right? This is something I will remember exact position of that art because our brain is formed in a way to think spatially. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not built as humans to think in a two D world. We want to think spatially, and that's exactly what VR brings. So. That is one thing that is absolutely important. So for any artist to have their own space as a gallery and being able to show those things uh, uh, in, their, in, the, in the virtual gallery, is, I think it's crucial. And I think that's absolutely the future, no doubt about that. Um, in terms of the cubes, so again, yes, you, for many things in the world, for example, we're very soon launching a pretty revolutionary ability for people to tokenize blockchain avatars, VR avatars. Mm -hmm. So the whole avatar, if you're a creator of an avatar, you can create a great looking avatar and then Mm -hmm. tokenize that and sell it to other people. Now, to do that, you will have to pay cubes in order to mint the avatar as a fee and then you'll be able to place it on the market like OpenSea, for example, or Rarible and then sell that avatar uh, to other people. Uh, So... Those are different use cases. You know, cubes is a utility token, and the more people will use it, the more demand will be for that uh, for the token. The more econom- economical transactions we'll have inside Somnium, the more demand will be. Uh, uh, you know, the more Somnium cubes they will need. It's a very simple. Um, you know, it's a very simple concept. We are in Somnium. I'm a very big proponent of uh, of real use cases. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of things. We see a lot of things around right now. Uh, some are great. Some are less great. But we always say, and I always say, think about what is the real use case. If you see, if it brings you the value um, as the user, mm-hmm. if you can do some, if you use cubes to mint an avatar and then sell it then for, you know, a thousand dollars, and you as a creator, you earn the money, and then someone who buys that avatar actually enjoys wearing the avatar, that's a use case. That's That means that we did a good job as a right. company to provide a use case. So... You know, and there are many things like wearables. Um, you know, you can purchase art for cubes inside the world. So I can I can show an example. Um, if I go here uh, and I just lock the camera, and of course we, you know, there are all those tools available. So I lock the camera in place, and then I close the tablet, and then I click on the art. And uh, oh, interesting! Someone is offering me two point six already. Um, so I open it in a, in a browser and you see, you see the VR tablet opens up. Mm-hmm. Can you see it? Yep. Yeah. So you, it, it opens up and then you can see, uh, that, uh, that I can actually list on the open C yep. uh, and I can see what, what is happening there and I can actually buy it. If it would be listed, I can actually buy it from here directly from within VR. Now that's that's a real use case, right? And uh, the same will be happening for the cubes, for Ethereum, for, for different currencies. But again, for the cubes, you will always have a better ratio, better transaction, better prices here. And in majority of times, better speeds. So let's talk about some other things. So you're in a virtual world. You're in a metaverse. That's the yeah. terminology that is used right now. 
and mm -hmm. you have a little bit of a marketplace that has evolved. You have creators who are coming on to show their work, but also for potential sale of that work. Mm -hmm. um, and then with that, with the combination of a metaverse and a marketplace, I imagine reputation or some sort of a reputation system would be kind of important. And I see that you have yes. something called a karma level. Can you discuss that? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So we know, and again, this comes from my you know, experience in the virtual world, reputation in the virtual world is everything. And again, um, blockchain brings also an ability to have a proven reputation, all right? So you can really like trace stuff and uh, you, can, you can see what is the origination of that. So we are uh, building the reputational system called Karma. And um, this karma is based on 15 plus different uh, things of how long you spend time in VR, how many interactions, social interactions you have with other people, how those people are rating you because they can click on you and rate you, you know, how many transactions do you have in the world, how many land parcels do you own, how, how often do you build, you know, all those things come into one karma level. Uh, which will then represent you as, as, as a person. And mm -hmm. the other person can come to you and he can see, you know, okay, this person is a very trusted one. And once, you know, while you'll be progressing with the karma level, because levels will be growing, you'll be also rewarded by Somnium Cubes, you know, on a monthly basis um, to, you know, if you are very active socially and you help other users um, to onboard in Somnium, you'll get, you'll get rewarded. Uh, and that's absolutely, you know, how it should be. We believe in that concept. Um, and we also believe that anyone from any corner of the world um, can just buy a $400 or $300 headset and then start earning a living inside virtual world because that's what will be happening within the next 10 years. Absolutely. Right. Talk to us a little bit about that. I've actually, this is funny because I'm talking to a founder of a VR company. Um, I have been reluctant to try this um, for years and years and years. Um, I have been reluctant and I will say it's predominantly because I'm afraid of the headaches and the dizziness. And yes, I'm, I'm a weakling for that. I know I should to those that are in tech that have said, Oh my God, you, you are investing in tech and you have a podcast that focuses on all emerging technology and you haven't tried VR. What is wrong with you? I haven't, <laughs> I'll be honest. I have not tried it. Um, I hope followed. I convince you about uh, about yes. you know that you. I I am feeling I am feeling I am feeling incentivized now. I'm feeling uh, interested again. Talk to us a little bit about the experience. You know, Magic Leap was out there, kind of revolutionizing the space. They've had some fits and struggles. Oculus is obviously out there. Talk to us a little bit about the kind of the last few years because I know early on, you know, my issues, if you will, were probably more founded, but I don't think that they're probably as founded today. So talk to us a little bit about that. The, the kind of Absolutely. The I mean, I mean, VR is the young market still, but it's growing tremendously. It's, you know, it's been over, over a hundred percent per year, uh, the growth and the amount of headsets is just, it's just growing uh, faster and faster, you know, already starting from the, from the beginning of last year, it was all always hard to get Oculus Quest. They were always sold out. Um, and and then they were, you know, they were not available uh, in majority of countries. The same right now happens with Oculus Quest 2. It's back ordered already for a month and a half um, and stuff like that. But the, the amount of improvement which VR headsets did for the last three years is incredible. And if you try the headset of today, in terms of resolution, comfort, sound, you know, and everything else and crispiness of, of, of the image, it's just amazing. And I, I cannot be happier as, as the user. Now, 
is it still uh, you know a, a a process which needs a little bit more of your attention than usual? Yes, but it's improving rapidly. For example, Oculus Quest, you don't need even a PC. You just put it on your head. It takes you five minutes to set up, very easy and clear setup, um, and you're good to go. And you have all those games which are amazing and available, um, and you can play them right away. So that is changing dramatically. Are there some struggles? Of course, as in any other industries, there are some uh, struggles in there, but there are billions of dollars which are being invested into the research and development of different things. And I'm, I know also from some sources and also from the open sources what is coming, mm-hmm. how AR and VR will be affecting our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. And I just know it will be like with mobile phones. People today, and I had this epiphany in 2017 when I tried first time the VR, right? The people, I knew that people who were like, I was walking, you know, when I walked out of that room after trying the first time that VR headset, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was walking around and looking at the people and I was saying like, wow, they don't realize what is coming, but they also don't realize that 90% of those people will have a VR headset within 10 years on their table next to the mobile phone. Wow. That how profound and how impactful this technology is. Once you try it and once you stand here and look around, and see other people like that yellow dot there. It's another person. Mm-hmm. You see other people and you socialize. There's literally no way back. I, I cannot imagine myself not using VR. Like if you just tell me like you will not be able to use VR anymore uh, in your life, I would be very upset. Not because I'm the founder of Somnium, but because this technology is, is great. I hope I answered your question, but <laughs> the development <laughs> is amazing. Um, you know, it's <laughs> it's so quick. Um, and the devices went from one and a half thousand dollars to two ninety nine which right. is you know, Oculus Quest 2, which is amazing as well. Three years. Um, and the pace is faster than in the mobile phone industry, the pace of development, which is great as well. So I'll, I'll, um, have, to yeah. go get a, I'll have to go get a headset and try this out finally one of these days. Yeah. Um, lastly, I wanted to talk, you alluded to this um, earlier, that these music events, these conferences, conferences, obviously, you know, during COVID world, Everything moved to digital spaces, to VR spaces, confer- you know, these, you know, new music gatherings also where we've seen this happen about a year or so ago, but now we're seeing many more of these happen now. So mm-hmm. this is a big place. This is a big area because even, you know, when we have some sort of resolution for COVID, you know, there are still, if you have a favorite artist and they're in a concert and that concert hall can only fit 10,000 people, you're still shut out. Yep. So this is not something that will just kind of dissipate, you know, after, you know, a global pandemic. You know, this is something that there's still very large markets for a lot of these artists and creators. And so talk to us a little bit about that. You know, this is, you alluded to something that you guys have been working on there. Absolutely. So we knew that from the very beginning, you know, concerts and entertainment. And I would say not only just concert and entertainment, not the visual part, but a social experience with other people watching the same concert as you and being able to socially interact with them in VR as if they were there with you, dancing together with you live on the concert. That is the future of entertainment 100%. Because again... You are absolutely right. Going to the concert, even after COVID, like, would you want to? Maybe. Are you able to? Who knows? If you're not in the big city, you're kind of like, you know, you're off. Yeah, you have to drive there. You have to, you have to travel. You have to plan. It is a struggle. And artists, are actually, you know, they don't like 
doing the tours. It's a very hard work for them multiplying something in VR, even if they will be doing it live. So basically they will be wearing trackers and doing like things like I'm doing right now, dancing. It's still easier um, you know, to reach 100 million people like that if they will be doing it from their own studio than to travel all those countries and, and sing in every stadium you know, for five times per week um, and earn those uh, hard money. That is the future of entertainment. And of course, one more important thing, what things you can do in VR um, and things you can do visually and um, expression-wise in VR for the concert, you cannot ever replicate it in, in real life. So the experience is actually much more profound in VR than you will get in real life. So all of those factors will actually end up um, affecting you know, how the concerts will look in the future, 100%. Got it. Well, this has been a beautiful view of what you've built and <clears throat> i'll say it's just watching you walk through this has been you know fairly amazing for anyone who's listening to the show and again more just beautiful landscape here and walking through this whole world that's been created for anyone who wants to try this get involved with it you know what i always like to do at the end is let you tell people where they can go and how they can start Absolutely. So, of course, our website, somniumspace.com, um, is the best place to start. Uh, also, one of the best places to be is our Discord. It's discord.gg uh, slash somniumspace. Or Twitter, uh, frankly. Um, you just search for somniumspace on Twitter. You see all the latest and greatest what is happening. And, yeah, of course, ping us on Discord, on Twitter, DM us if you have any questions. But basically, what you need today is you just need a PC, you hook the VR headset to it, and you're ready to go. Um, you, it's free. You don't need to pay anything. Only if you want to start creating and building on your own land parcel, which is an NFT token, you then have to buy it on open market. We're actually a little bit of plug. We're actually having a secondary land offering coming up um, in the end of October. So stay tuned for that. But, um, yeah, just come. We have a daily meetup. We meet up with the community. I'm every day here uh, on the daily meetup with the community. We're exploring all new builds, uh, everything around uh, here, all this beautiful stuff together. Um, we socialize. Uh, we do some crazy things. So, yeah, that's the best place um, to start and be. And I wanted to show you actually something. So this, you don't hear the music right now because I'm sharing uh, with you the screen and this, the way the Zoom is working, um, uh, it is. But I will show you something quickly. Uh, how, just a teaser, and you can find the whole recording of it in our YouTube channel, but just a teaser how the concert could look like. So just mm -hmm. give me a second. So that, that's the concert of the Israeli uh, singer. She's quite popular there, Nina Tayeb. Uh, mm -hmm. She's great. And this is a concert we created together with uh, with her um, for her, and we were enjoying it with the with uh, our community here. Uh, we had an amazing time, and we're actually releasing soon an official recording of it uh, for her channel. So that's the future of entertainment, in our opinion. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And I'm, you know, I, I'm here enjoying this, right? And doing this stuff so yeah it's amazing Artur this was a pleasure Artur the founder of Somnium Space again this world is really evolving and is coming to its own very fast and so I encourage everyone to check it out and 
Artro will have you back on in a few months and seeing even more things that you guys are doing there in the metaverse. Thank you for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets. This podcast is presented by Blockworks Group, one of the best digital asset event and media production companies that I know of. For exclusive content and events that provide insight into digital assets, visit them at blockworksgroup.io. You won't be disappointed.